Matthew chapter number 6, we're going to start in verse number 9, and why don't we just read verses 9 through 13, and we'll read these verses together again, just like we did this morning. And uh, Matthew chapter 6, let's start in verse number 9. You ready? Let's go. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And of course, we look at these verses of Scripture just as we made mention this morning. But I want to take it a couple steps further when I say we could preach for the next month out of this model prayer that's been given. But as I thought and preached this morning on who do you pray to, the subject matter also of how many of those prayers and how many prayers that we pray, uh, do we actually not get heard because we're not praying in purity of heart as we call out before the Lord? Now, we see the example that is given to us here in this Scripture And I believe as we look at the Scripture and we look at these specific statements of prayer as the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching His disciples, I believe that there's elements in this prayer that we can apply to our hearts and lives and our prayers that specifically there ought to be a time of confession in our prayer life. Now, why would we need a time of confession in our prayer life? Well, the answer to that is because none of us are living 100% right 100% of the time. And so if I can give this very earthly example that we think about when our children were being raised, and in a lot of cases still being raised, If there was something that was wrong or disobedience, something in their life, they knew about it, they were not doing right, acting right, but then decided to come to us and say, Daddy, can I have an ice cream? Absolutely not. You're not living right right now. You just screamed at your mother. You just disobeyed your mother. You just rebelled and did what was wrong, and you turn around and say, Daddy, can I have an ice cream? I think so many times we get into the mode of just believing that that prayer, as I mentioned this morning, is just a 911 that we go before the Lord, or we just think that, hey, it's a, it's a genie bottle that we can rub, and we're just going to get three wishes and get whatever we want. Anytime we go before the Lord is not biblical prayer. But I will say this, that when our hearts are right with the Lord 
it's still not that we just pray and get anything that our flesh desires, but I believe that we begin praying in the will of the Lord and for the desires of the Lord to be right in our hearts and lives. And so I see a couple things that are made mention here, and I just wanted to encourage us with it, and it won't be too long this afternoon, but encourage us with it on this subject matter on purity in prayer, because I don't know about you, but I want to live in such a way that I'm close to the Lord and I'm right with the Lord that when a 911 situation comes, that I don't have to take an hour to be able to try to confess all these sins and to be able to get things right with the Lord in order for a prayer to be able to go through and for me to be able to benefit in that relationship with the Lord. And when I say benefit from the relationship, not just be able to get what I want, but I know my relationship with God is right. And so as I look at this, I see a couple things that we do see, and a couple things are specifically mentioned here. First of all, he mentions of this, and it's also recorded in the other model prayers that are given in verse number 12, where he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. He gives an explanation, I believe, of this statement down in verses 14 and 15, where he says, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. I believe the example is given here of forgiveness. Now think about this example specifically in relationship to our prayer life. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I believe every one of us could probably go back and be able to look at times in our lives when we tried to spend some time in prayer, but then maybe the Holy Spirit of God would bring something up in our hearts and the Holy Spirit saying, hey, why don't you get this right here before you start asking me to take care of this over here? There's been times that I've gone before the Lord, and I know it doesn't happen in your life like this, so I'll use me as an example, that I get so frustrated maybe with an individual with something that took place primarily, can I say this, it was most of the time being relationship to my children, that I would get so frustrated on how they're acting and what they're doing that I go before the Lord, and now the Lord says, it's exactly how you've been acting to me. And I couldn't say anything. I, I couldn't argue with him. It was just pointed out to me because it's the same relationship. As I made mention this morning, he is our heavenly father. So I believe a lot of times that that relationship between the parent and the child here on this earth, a lot of times resembles what we have with our heavenly father. And God will use that sometimes in my life. Say, why are you, why are you so worked up about that? That's exactly what you just did to me. And start saying, I believe the example is given here in Scripture specifically of we're trying to go before the Lord. And yes, there's a time of confession that is in our prayer time that we're going before the Lord saying, God, would you forgive me for where I've broken your law, where I've done things wrong against Almighty God? 
But then God may bring to our hearts and minds saying, what about this person that wronged you, but you're not willing to forgive them? But here you are trying to get forgiveness from God, and I'm saying, God, forgive me for this because I want my conscience clear, and I want that relationship restored between me and the Lord. But that person has come and said, listen, would you forgive me for what's taking place here? And we're saying, no way on earth whatsoever. And we're saying we want everything right, but yet we come back to the Bible, and I believe the correlation, direct relationship is being given here that we're asking God to be able to work with us, but we are unwilling to be able to work with others. I believe our relationship with God is in direct relationship to how it is with everybody else. And so when it comes to our prayer life, this forgiveness being given as an example of making sure that things are right, imagine going before the Lord and trying to ask for his blessing upon your life and his provision and his long suffering towards us, but then we get right up and go treat everybody else the opposite of what we just asked God for. And God's saying, hey, even in this, why don't we look at our own lives and make sure that the purity is there. Hey, hey, there's been times, Lord, is there someone in my life that I haven't forgiven? Whether they asked for it or not. You say, well, I believe they have to ask for forgiveness. Well, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he looked down at him and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I didn't see a whole crowd at the feet of Jesus saying, Jesus, would you forgive us for what we just did to you? No, he was praying to God to forgive them. And listen, there's times in our lives that people aren't going to come. This isn't going to be a message on forgiveness, but the, that's what the example is given here. That when we look in our lives, there's going to be some, listen, they never come and say, hey, I wronged you. But I believe what forgiveness is, is releasing ourselves of our fleshly right to retaliate and saying, that's over with. I'm not going back on that. Whether they do that or not, whether they come and confess it, whether they try to get things right, in my heart, I'm releasing on that because I want to be able to move forward. And I believe the example that's given here in our prayer life, that there will be things like that. The example of forgiveness is used, but there'll be examples of that in our lives. And I believe the Lord's saying, this needs to be in our prayer life, but we need to make sure not just in our prayer life, but make sure it's right in our life and in a practical way that it is being uh, carried out correctly and that we are living spiritually in that and that we go before the Lord. You say, why would that be the, the one example that's used? Because listen, that's the majority of my prayer life, and I'm, I'm guessing of your life, God, would you forgive me for this? <laughs> of, listen, that thought that came in, of, listen, I want to knock him right upside the head. Hey, that's not the right thought. That's not, hey, I shouldn't have said that to him. I mean, they didn't take that in a joking way. I may have to ask their forgiveness, but then I got to go before the Lord and say, Lord, would you forgive me of that? I didn't do this, I didn't do that, or I did do this. I believe the example of forgiveness. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't run out of forgiveness? Can you imagine if he said, hey, this week you've already used up your quota of forgiveness? Imagine where we'd be. One of Brendan's favorite verses he always goes to, Lamentations, right? His mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful for that because I about exhausted them yesterday. I was in Manhattan for two days. I mean, you talk about getting close to the Lord or getting away from one of the two. I mean, you're, you're either praying a whole lot, 
But listen, we think about the, what if God said, no, you, you've reached your quota. Hey, there's some already. Today just started a new day. And you may say, I, I'd already run out of God's forgiveness today. <laughs> I mean, what I've had to take to the Lord, I'm already saying, no. No. Well, I'm so thankful. But he's showing us the example of his long suffering, and that ought to be in our lives also. But can I also say this, our purity in our prayer life of, yes, looking at this matter of forgiveness. But look what he says here in verse number 13. There's actually two different um, situations that are mentioned here. Verse 13, the first one is lead us not into temptation. Now, I will say that the the Lord's not going to just, hey, as we're following the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God, that he's not going to be the one that's giving us an opportunity to sin. But I do believe this, that we ought to be following the leadership of the Lord and stay as far away from temptation as we possibly can. God, would you, in the leadership of your life, God, I don't want to be led into temptation. Now, this is where, and I know you may not understand this statement, I believe we ought to do all we can do to stay as far away from sin as we possibly can. I had someone make the statement to me, and I, I firmly disagree with the statement, just to let you know where I stand on this, okay? Well, these statements of we ought to have guardrails up in our lives and be able to have some walls to, to keep us from going to certain places and into temptation, I just don't believe we ought to have them in place. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, and he'll tell us ahead of time. Hey, listen, if you've got a problem with alcohol, it would be a pretty good barrier for you to say, I'm not going to go into a bar. Well, no, I believe I can do that. After all, I've got the Holy Spirit of God that'll tell me while I'm in there that I ought not to be doing that. Hey, I'm all for putting up as many guardrails as I need to. And do you understand that a guardrail is not put right on the edge? You know, there's actually good ground between a guardrail and where you actually fall over. How many here have ever been to the Grand Canyon? How many here ever wanted to step over the edge of that fence? Dana, you did. I know. We've talked about it. That's how I know. You want to step over that fence that's there. You know why? It's still solid ground. And you've got another four or five feet that's there. And you can get, and it's solid ground, and you can get over to the edge to be able to look down. But you know what they do? Let's put that fence and that guardrail back here because there's going to be people <laughs> that want to get too close to the edge and then we say, I don't know what happened. We just fell off. Well, here's the thing. If we'd have it settled in our hearts and just stay away from temptation, when's the last time we prayed on a daily basis and said, God, would you help keep me away from temptation to begin with? Because you see, the next statement that he makes here is not just purity about deliver me, lead me not into temptation, but he said this, deliver me from evil. 
Now, that's not just the person that has yielded to temptation, but I believe that the wickedness and the evil that abounds us, Lord, would you deliver us from that? Sometimes that evil is self-imposed because I believe that we have chosen to get to a certain place. And now as a majority, we're praying here in America saying, God, would you deliver us from the evil of wicked men that are all around us? But going back to this temptation, I wonder if we would on a regular basis saying, God, would you lead me not in temptation? God, help me to stay away. Lord, would you be so sensitive in my heart and life that if I go to a certain place, listen, I know the temptation is going to be there. I'll give you this example. And yes, it does deal with immorality in a preacher's life. That there was a personal friend of ours years ago that he got onto a certain website and it was it's not a wicked website. If I were to say the website, there's probably several that have used that website this week. Get onto a certain website, but what he searched on that website, I'll, I'll say this, and you don't need to go search any, I don't know, Craigslist. Get on Craigslist and he started searching something. And just before he started typing, the Holy Spirit of God said, mm-mm. Better not type that in. Got an email back and gave an address for some things. And he walked out the door, and as he stuck his key in the ignition, the Holy Spirit of God said, Mm-mm. Better not start that car. He was driving down the road, and he said, I got out of the car, and he said, I walked up to the building, and he said, as I put my hand on the doorknob, the Holy Spirit of God said, don't do it. And he walked in. Long story short, it was a sting operation. Now his picture's on the front page as a preacher. Didn't cost it. Him and his wife were able to work through it. Cost him his ministry. Just about cost him everything. Cost him his reputation. Everything. It's taken years to be able to to rebuild hey listen there's times in our prayer life if we're praying that god would you deliver me from temptation lead me not in temptation that the holy spirit of god's going to start speaking to our hearts saying you don't need to go there you don't need to walk down through there nope nope you just need to turn around you say well pastor i just believe that we've got the holy spirit and he'll deliver us from all of that stuff you you be better to listen to the holy spirit of god beforehand and not even get in that position the purity in our prayer life. And we think that we can dabble in temptation and say, well, I'll just be around and that temptation will be there, but I'll not yield to the temptation. Listen, it's not just immorality, but temptations in our lives. And no, I understand it. Temptation itself is not sin. Jesus was tempted. How did he combat that? With the word of God. The temptation is not the sin. It's the yielding or the entertainment of the temptation that we get it right here. And we're entertaining that and we're yielding to that in our lives, whatever area it may be. It could just be getting angry with someone. It could be going back to the, to the forgive, forgiveness side of things. Tempted not to forgive them. After all, do you hear what they said? No, temptation comes in many uh, uh, phases of our lives and forms in our lives. 
and asking the Lord, listen, purity in our prayer life is I want to make sure that, listen, that the example of forgiveness is given there, that when I go before the Lord, I'm pure, and I'm asking the Lord in my prayer life, God, would you help me to be sensitive throughout this day that I'll not go where there's temptation? But then, Lord, would you deliver us from evil? Now, sometimes this evil is self-inflicted, and sometimes it's just all around us, and we, we can't do anything about it. Can I, can I say, now, my wife, God helped her to be delivered from evil, and what a blessing on Friday night. It was touch and go for a while. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I would not have wanted to be the person that kept coming by, and we were hanging out in Times Square on Friday night, about 10, 10.30 on Friday night in Times Square, looks like it's midday. I mean, it's so bright around there. And uh, so she sat down for a few minutes and she said, I just want to people watch. And so she did. How many here people watch? Okay. She said, I want to people watch for a while. So she's just watching people. We walked back by her about 10 or 15 minutes later. She said, I'm, I'm ready to go. In those 10 to 15 minutes, she was offered pot or some edibles no less than five or six times just people coming by. I mean, hey, hey, you need this, you need... First of all, I'm thinking if you are inclined for that, why would you buy it from a guy walking down the street that you don't even know? And I'm thinking, that's just crazy. Thankfully, God delivered her from that. <laughs> uh, finally, she, and she told me a little bit, this person kept coming by. She said, someone else looked at me. She said, I got firm with them. Said, listen, no, I've already told you now, leave me alone, get away from me. Hey, listen, that's how our attitude ought to be towards evil that's around us is, listen, I want no part of that. Get me away from it. You say, but pastor, evil's abounding on every side of it. Yes, but we don't have to be partakers of it. And we can say, Lord, deliver us from evil. There ought to be a, a solace place that we have to be able to get away from the evil and the wickedness of this world. I believe a church is a great place to get away from all that stuff. And say, listen, we get inside the church, we ought not to be bothered with all of that stuff and just say, listen, we're here to focus on Christ. The purity in our prayer life that many times we just overlook it and we just go enter into prayer without any time of confession, of saying, Lord, would you forgive me for this? Lord, would you lead us not into temptation? God, keep me as far away from it as I possibly can be. Listen, as much as the devil knows our weaknesses, I believe God knows them as well. And if we would say, God, would you help me in these areas that are weak in my heart and life? God, keep me away from that. And may the prompting of the Holy Spirit of God be so strong in our lives that even in our prayer life that God will bring things to our hearts and lives saying, listen, you want to be led away from temptation? Don't go here. Don't go there. Things that we've dealt with, listen, in the past of someone saying, hey, I always stop and grab a 12-pack of beer on my way home at this certain convenience store, and I always get drunk every night. You know what I'd say to them? Go home a different way. Don't stop at that store on your way home. Get gas somewhere. And I never understood why they sell liquor and sell beer at a gas station where a person's driving anyway. 
I don't understand. Oh, no, they're not drinking it in the car. Sure enough. That's just one of my pet peeves. I don't understand it. Someplace they're intending to be driving to and getting gas to fill up and keep on going. I don't understand. You know what I'd say? Don't go there. If there's that temptation saying, hey, I don't want to go there then. I'm going to stop somewhere else. God deliver us from evil, understanding, listen, we may be in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. And God, would you deliver us on a daily basis from the evil and the wickedness that's around us, that Lord, it does not infiltrate my life. And asking God to be able to help us to live pure. And I could, I could preach another whole message on this, but I'm, I'm going to close with this statement right here. Why was he praying all of this? Why did Christ give us this example all the way down through about who he is, what our relationship is, the exalting of Christ, the submission to his will and not our will, the not yielding or or being led into temptation, the deliverance from evil. Why did he give us that whole example inside of a model prayer? And it's closing with the phrase, for thine. Why, Lord? Because thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In other words, all of that in our prayer life because he's worth it. All of that. Well, why should I be delivered from evil? Because of the glory of God, because of the power of God, because of the honor of God. It's his kingdom. It's his power, it's his glory, and it's eternal. And I'm saying, Lord, would you help us in this matter of prayer? Yes, that would understand it's relational, it's personal as we preach this morning. But yet, Lord, may we have purity in our prayer life that would come out in our everyday life because he's worth it. I'm not saying because we're worth it. We're worth his love to us. But he's worth it because of his kingdom, his power, his glory forever. Amen. That's who the Lord is. It's worth it to stay pure. I wonder in our prayer life, you know, sometimes people don't pray because they don't feel worthy or pure enough to pray. Can I say prayer will get us pure enough and go through the confession time, not to me. Well, aren't you thankful for that? Not to me. I'm not asking you to sit down with me and start confessing and listing all these things down, but there needs to be a confession time before the Lord. And then there needs to be an asking for help. Because Lord, if, if, we're, if I'm on my own, you know this, it's easy to yield to temptation. Lord, would you help me? Lord, would you give me strength? Lord, there's evil abounding. Lord, would you deliver us from that, that I don't have to take part and I don't have to be surrendered to that, but I can actually conquer that, the evil that's around me and asking the Lord, how's the purity in your prayer life? I believe this. I believe the purity in our prayer life is in direct relationship to the power of our prayer life. And if you say, well, I pray, but there's just no results whatsoever, boy, I'd start searching my heart saying, God, what is it? And then I'd just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. God, would you bring it? There's been times praying, 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 and then God will bring something to my heart like that. And boy, as soon as I get that right, boy, it's been something I've been holding on to, something I haven't let go, and God brings that back to my mind, boy, I get that right. Boy, it just seems like it opens up now. Boy, that relationship's restored.
the purity of our prayer life. Make sure our hearts are right as we approach the throne of God in prayer. Amen. How many believe that will make a difference? I believe it will.